I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are gonna be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are gonna work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're gonna read one chapter a week and inside our book study Facebook group, you're gonna get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts, you're gonna get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's gonna be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're gonna get a lot out of the group even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode number 76 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Hey friends, happy Monday and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am your host, Sarah Marie, and if you are new here, thank you so much for joining me and tuning in. And if you have been a longtime listener, then you know how much I appreciate your support and having you tune in and listen to the podcast each week. And today, we are going to be talking all about how to navigate tricky parent-teacher conferences. When I am thinking about this podcast and the episodes that I want to record, I often think back to my first couple years of teaching and things that I really struggled with, knowing that those are probably universal struggles for teachers. And honestly, having difficult conversations with parents during conferences made me nervous. It gave me like the hives. My palms would start to sweat, you know. I have taught at different schools that had different conference expectations. I've been at some schools where we had to confer with parents, you know, twice a year and there was like set conference times. But then I have been at schools that didn't require any parent-teacher conferences and having, you know, those conferences was completely left up to either the parent requesting it or the teacher requesting it. And I remember I would get so nervous if like my principal or assistant principal was like, hey, can you have a conference with so-and-so's parent about their academics. We're concerned about retention or summer school or we're concerned about their behavior. Can you follow up with them? And I just, I would get so nervous about having a difficult conversation with parents. I am a people pleaser. I am someone who doesn't like conflict. I tend to avoid it at all costs. I hate making other people feel bad or, you know, being confrontational or bringing up some sort of like subject that could cause disagreement. But I think it's pretty safe to say that having difficult conversations with parents is a part of our job as teachers. It is going to come up at some point. And I can't just 
you know, I couldn't when I was in the classroom, I should say, I couldn't just tell my principal, I'm going to pass on that conference. I don't like conflict. So I'm going to avoid having this conversation with a parent. Like you kind of have to deal with it. And honestly, it probably wasn't until I became an assistant principal that I got really good at having difficult conversations with parents because it became a regular part of my job. Teachers would ask me to sit in and provide support if we were having behavioral conversations. I was the coordinator for our, it was called our IAT team, but the intervention assistance team. So if we had academic concerns for students, I was in on those meetings. I supported our special education department. So anytime that we had, you know, to deal with like testing for dyslexia or special education, I was involved in those conversations. Summer school, I was involved in those conversations and retention, you know, and so it kind of just got to the point where I was like, you know what, I... I am going to be having difficult conversations with parents. And so I need to figure out how how to make them less difficult and scary for me, less uncomfortable. You know, and so the more frequently I would have these difficult conversations, I started to realize that even when we are delivering tough news or having to schedule a conference that we know is going to be challenging or uncomfortable, there are lots of things that we can do and that teachers can do to make that conversation just a little bit smoother and ultimately benefit the student. So I wanted to do an episode to share just some of the things that I have learned about how to navigate, you know, tricky conversations with parents. And I think it's important for teachers to have a toolbox of communication strategies when it comes to, you know, communicating with parents because parent support is so necessary, you know, especially if you are having an academic challenge or you have some sort of behavioral concern with a student. We want to have our parents on board. We want to be able to do everything we possibly can to make sure that that student is successful, which means we need the support of the parent at home for the work that we are doing in school. And so we just want to make sure that if we're having a difficult conversation with parents, that we can prepare ourselves to make them as successful as possible. So today I'm going to share with you a few tips that might help you the next time you have a challenging conversation with parent or in general, if you were like I was my first couple of years and just conferencing with parents or having these difficult conversations made you nervous Even if there wasn't a big concern, hopefully you'll feel a little bit better after hearing some of the tips that I am going to share with you today. I think the first thing that can be really helpful when you are conferencing with parents, and this goes for, you know, really positive and negative, easy conversations, tricky conversations, any conversation with parents, is to have a set conference day time in your calendar. So that way, when parents request a meeting, you can let them know this is my availability. So basically, you are going to make a decision ahead of time of when you can and cannot be available to conference with parents. And I think this is really important because basically you're going to say, this is when I will be at my best to communicate with parents. Therefore, this is the time that I can be available for a conference. A lot of times when we are conferencing with parents, it has to be before school or after school, depending on their work schedule or even during our lunch break. And I know when I first started teaching, I would be over-accommodating and I wanted to be super flexible for parents and scheduling conferences. And, you know, I was almost over-committed. I was like, I will do whatever it takes to meet with the parents because I wanted my students to be super successful. But that, I think, can be uh, detrimental to you as a teacher and to your students because this is what happens is, you know, I wanted to be over-accommodating, but that meant then that I would agree to come in for an early morning conference at 6.15, even though I didn't want to be at school that early. You know, I would agree to a conference that would require me to stay at school until 5.30, even though I didn't want to stay that late. And so because I was scheduling conferences at a time that wasn't ideal for me, I was coming into that conference already a little disgruntled or resentful. I was frustrated that I had to wake up early or stay late, which means that even though 
I scheduled this conference with the best of intentions. The reality of it is, is it wasn't a good time for me to come to the table to be collaborative, to be open, to be, you know, able to clearly communicate. And so I think ultimately it's important for you as a teacher to already decide ahead of time, when do you have the best headspace and energy to confer with conference and then set those as your conference time? So maybe that means that your conference time is Tuesdays during your planning period from 2.15 until 3 o'clock. Or maybe you realize you do better in the mornings and your conference time is Thursday mornings before school from 7 to 7.30, whenever it is. Set that time on your calendar so that way if a parent says, I would like to have a conference with you, you can say, this is my availability. Or if you have to schedule a conference with a parent, you let them know this is my availability. Does that work for you? You know, one of the things that I think you could even do to make it be helpful is you could create a Google form or a Calendly link as a conference request form. So that way your availability is out there for the parents to see, to let them know that this is my conference time. We need to have a conference. Does this time work for you? And it just allows you to have some boundaries. And I think if you, especially if you're having to have a difficult conversation or if a parent is requesting a conversation and you're not maybe the most excited, if there is something that you can have control over the day and the time, that's going to just help you feel, I think, a little bit more empowered to navigate that conversation. So I really do think that the first step to navigating tricky parent-teacher conferences is scheduling them during a time that works best for you. And I know that there are sometimes parents that have jobs that make it difficult for them to get away. And obviously, your times aren't going to be accommodating for all parents. But when that happens, then you can come up with plan B, you know, let them know that we can try to do a phone conversation or you can kind of kick it back to your admin and say, look, this is my conference time. This parent isn't available. Can you provide additional support in helping us set up a time? But I think it's okay for you to set boundaries and set a set conference time that works best for your schedule. So don't feel like you have to be over accommodating, you know, coming in super early, staying in super late. You want the conference to go well which means that it needs to be at a time that is going to allow you to be at your best. So tip number one. Now, tip number two is to try to make multiple positive points of contact before you have to have the challenging conversation. And when I was in school, this was the time of year that as an admin, we were asking teachers for a list of students that they were worried were at risk for retention for attendance issues or academic issues You know, and so teachers were already starting to think ahead to the end of the year and sort of like anticipate if we had students that we were going to have to, like I said, either retain or have come to summer school. And so you want to be thinking about as a teacher, if you haven't made contact with these parents yet and you are concerned for some major academic reason, then you definitely want to make some multiple points of positive contact before you have them come in to talk about your academic concerns. That means maybe you make a phone call. You send an email, you send a text message, you use Class Dojo, whatever it is to communicate with parents. Send home some positive note, or even if it is a positive interaction with the parent during arrival or dismissal, you know, compliment the student in front of their parent. You know, let them know that they have been working really hard on something. Let them know that they've been a good friend at recess, you know, to a new classmate or to somebody that was all alone, or share with them all of the subjects that they are doing well in, or their behavior, or the questions that they're asking, or how helpful they are. You know, every student has some strength. Every student has something positive that you can share with the parent. And I think it is important for your first point of contact with parents to have it be positive. So if you haven't made positive contact with your parents yet this year, definitely make that a priority. And, you know, I think as teachers, it is important for us to acknowledge that we can sometimes draw conclusions about students faster than parents can. You know, you have a much better and more comprehensive understanding of how the educational system works, along with what your district expectations are, 
as well as all of your years of experience with students. And so you might see warning signs with that child when it comes to academic performance or even behavior or, you know, emotional, whatever the concerns are that the parents might be oblivious to or completely unaware of. You know, your job as a professional is to work with students every single day. And so you have a much bigger understanding of what normal is or what the expectations are. And the parents might not see that. And so, you know, if you schedule a meeting to discuss an academic concern, realize that just because you think this academic concern is really, really obvious doesn't mean that the parent always sees it that way. You know, if you have been sending home student work for the entire year and you have a student who has been failing and you've been sending those failing grades home, just because the parent has seen the failing grades doesn't mean that that parent is aware that summer school is a possibility for their child. And so I think it's really important for us to not only be really clear kind of about these expectations, but to be really proactive with the parents. You know, think about what do you want that first point of contact to be with the parent? If you have never communicated with the parent and the very first time you interact with them, it's to let them know that their child is failing or has a major academic or behavioral concern. I don't know. I think that that is almost kind of crummy for the parent to have this first point of contact be something kind of negative. And so we just want to make sure That if you are getting ready to have a difficult conversation with a parent about their child's academic performance, to make sure that before that conversation happens, that you have built rapport with that parent, that you have celebrated some of the wins, the successes that their child has had this year, just to make sure that that first point of contact isn't something that is negative. I think it just helps to build, or not even to like build, but yeah, it does help to build, but I think it helps it make it feel that you have a relationship with the parent. Now, once you have the conference scheduled, Make sure that you have a really clear purpose for the conference. I even like to come up with an agenda, you know, for however much time we're going to spend, this is what we're going to do. I think sometimes, especially if you're nervous about the conference, it can be helpful to have an agenda actually typed out and share it with the parent. You know, we're going to review student work for the first two minutes. You know, you can share your concern or ask questions. I will share my concern, ask questions, and then we're going to make an action plan at the end you know, whatever it is, but just something that is written out. So you have, it's kind of like our lesson plans. You have an agenda to follow. And I think it's important to think about what the purpose of the conference is and really what your goal is. You know, if you are requesting a conference with the parents or requiring the parent come in, make sure you know exactly what it is you want to cover and what your specific concern is. I've also found that it is really best if you keep the conference focused on one clear goal. You know, the reality of it is, is that sometimes we have students that might have academic concerns. And there also might be some behavioral concerns and there might be some emotional concerns and there might be concerns in multiple subjects, you know, but rather than bringing a parent in and saying, here are all of the concerns that we have about your child, try to just think about what is the one thing that we could tackle together that is going to make the biggest difference for the student. You know, what is the biggest concern, the strongest concern? And rather than trying to address five concerns in one conference, just pick one and troubleshoot that one concern with the parent and develop an action plan with that one concern rather than trying to tackle all of them. So just keep it focused on one goal. And I also think it's important that if a parent is saying, I want to have a conference with you, I've got some concerns or I've got some questions, whatever it is, have them email you their questions or concerns ahead of time so you can be prepared. And I think you can let the parent know if they're saying, hey, I want to have a conference. Say, great, can you give me a heads up what this conference is about? I like to make an agenda for my conference. I like to pull student work. I want to make sure that we can have it be of good use of your time as well as my time. And so I just want to be as prepared as possible. So let me know what questions you want to have answered during the conference so I can be prepared. And I think that can also help you if you've got a parent that is saying, you know, I want to have a meeting with you, that can help you be less anxious about this meeting 
because you'll have a heads up and then you can make sure that you are prepared as much as you can be. So just make sure you have your clear goal in mind. Try to keep it focused to one thing. And then same thing if a parent is requesting a conference, make sure you have them share with you their questions or concerns ahead of time so that you can be prepared. And then I think this is really important. And this is a tip that I shared with a lot of teachers at my school that they found to be really helpful. But I think it's important for you to think about how much time you want to spend on this conference when you are scheduling them or really how much time is needed. And then schedule it during a time that there is a definitive stop time. I used to schedule conferences for the very start of my conference period. And I would think I am going to knock this conference out. We'll do it 15, 20 minutes. And then I will still have 25 to 30 minutes for planning. Well, sometimes parents would show up late to the conference. And so if I had a conference scheduled for nine o'clock and they didn't show up until 9.10 or 9.15, that was 15 minutes of my time that was wasted. And sometimes you have parents that like to talk for a really long time about their child. And if you have a hard time ending the conference, you know, then what was meant to be a 15 or 20 minute conference ends up being a 45 minute or a 50 minute conference and you have no time for your planning left. And so what I started to realize is that rather than scheduling conferences for the beginning of my conference period, I would try to schedule them for the end of my conference period, for the last 20 minutes of my conference period or the last 20 minutes of my lunch. I tried not to schedule them during lunch because I tried to take an actual lunch break, but I basically would try to create a definitive end point, you know, So that way from the beginning, if I was going to meet the parent, I could thank them for coming in and then let them know right away, we've only got 20 minutes for our meeting and then I have to go pick up the kids from art class or, you know, we've got 15 minutes and then I'm going to have to leave because my students are coming back from specials or whatever it is. And that was really helpful, especially if the parent showed up late, because if the parent showed up late, that's kind of their responsibility. So you can say, I'm so sorry that you were late. I just want to let you know that we are only going to have 10 minutes. We would have had 20, but I've got to pick up my kids at this time. There's a definitive stop. And I think having the definitive end is going to help keep your conference on track. It's going to prevent the conference from going over or going on forever and using all of your planning time. And again, this is another reason why I would try not to schedule conferences after school because there really is no definitive end point. So just think about how much time you want to spend on this conference or how much time you need to spend. And then think about scheduling that rather than scheduling it at the beginning of your conference period. Schedule it at the end so that way you basically have like a way to for sure (laughs) end it on time. Okay, so that's tip number four. Tip number five is to prepare your support materials ahead of time. And I think even if it is not an academic conference, it is important to have some sort of material, some sort of student work evidence to show the parent. And I think this can be a really great way to build rapport with the parent and to celebrate wins and successes and also even to just show anything that is concerning. But Regardless of the type of conference, one of the things that I would do at the very beginning is I would like to show parents what we have been working on at school. And a lot of times I would start off the conference with a tour of our classroom and I would highlight specific projects that the class had been working on. And I would always point out their student work. And I think this was great for a couple of reasons. One, parents love seeing their child's work. And I would always try to find one or two pieces of work that I could compliment or share a little story on how hard they worked or how they helped a classmate or, you know, something that they really enjoyed, just something that we could celebrate and it would give their parents a little glimpse into what your instructional day looks like. So I'd love to give them a little quick tour of the classroom. And I also would like to pull out a folder of student work or I would pull the student journal. A lot of times before the conference, I would just go to that student's desk and pull out whatever it is that they are working on so I could show the parents. And I think especially if you have a conference that is about an academic concern, 
or about a behavior that is interfering with their academic work, I would like to show their parents what their students have produced and then explain what the concern is. And I often think about the show, not tell strategy that we teach students when we're writing. You know, this idea we explain to them that it's so much more powerful as a writer to show the reader rather than just telling them, you know, so rather than saying this character is feeling sad, we're going to show them by describing, you know, the tears rolling down their cheeks or whatever it is. And this same strategy is so helpful with parent-teacher conferences. You want to show the parent rather than just telling them your concern. So rather than saying, you know, I'm really concerned about your child in math or in reading or in writing, whatever it is, show them the work and explain to them. You know, if a student isn't showing any of their work on, you know, their math tests, then show them the actual math test that only has the answer choice circled. And the parents then can realize that it's like, oh, this problem requires more than mental math. Like they are going to have to show their work in some capacity. You know, or if you have a student that finishes a test in 15 minutes, a lot of times if I had a student that would finish work early, I would jot down how long it would take them on the test. And then if you show the parent that's like, hey, look, this test has three reading passages and, you know, 15 (laughs) questions for each passage and your child finished it in 15 minutes, that's a little bit easier, I think, for them to understand that they are rushing. You know, if a student's written response is subpar or not complete, you know, if they're not writing in complete sentences, you can show those things to the parent and have them read it. And I think when parents can see their student work, it's a little bit easier for them to understand and embrace the concern rather than if you're just telling them. So make sure when you are thinking about conferences that you want to think about how can you show the parent what your concern is rather than just telling them your concern and definitely having materials and student work prepared for the conference ahead of time can be helpful for that. Okay, tip number six is to consider inviting your admin or other teachers to the conference. And I think sometimes having backup can be really helpful if you are trying to, you know, navigate a difficult conversation or if you've never had a challenging conversation before and this is your first sort of tricky conference. I think having somebody else there to provide support can be helpful. Not always, but it can be. You know, if you're worried about the parent not accepting whatever news you are sharing, it can be helpful there to have somebody else who has experienced or observed the same thing to share their perspective. So if you are departmentalized, it can be helpful to have your co-teacher with you. Or if there is an ancillary teacher that can back up your concern, sometimes for the parents, it can be helpful to hear from more than one teacher. Not always. So I think it's important for you to know the parent and know the student because I think sometimes having more than one teacher can feel threatening to the parent and it can feel like you're trying to, you know, gang up on them or their student or something like that. And so one of the tricks that I learned to do when I was an assistant principal, if you don't necessarily want to start the conference off with more than one teacher, if you, you know, are thinking like, okay, this conference could go well, but I'm not so sure, like maybe not. One of the things that you could do is see if one of your admin could just pop by five to 10 minutes into your conference. And I, like I said, I would do this for the teachers at my school from time to time. You know, I would intentionally, they would tell me they were having a conference. They would tell me what their concern was. I would always offer if you want support, I would happily sit down for any conference. So I'd always offer to be there. But sometimes I would just say, you know what, I'm just going to pop into your classroom and drop off some flyer or a piece of information from the office in the middle of your conference. So their conference was to start at nine. So at 9.07, I would just drop by with a handful of flyers and say, here, I brought these on from the office. You know, and if everything was going fine with their conference, I would leave the room. And in some cases, I would walk in and they would say, oh my goodness, I'm so glad you stopped in. We were just starting to talk about summer school or we were just starting to talk about testing for dyslexia or, you know, we were just starting to talk about behavior. I was wondering if you would be able to sit down and join us for the rest of the meeting. 
And I'd be willing to do that. So again, depending on what your relationship is like with the parent, it can be helpful to have support from another teacher or from your admin during the conference. Not always, but it can be. And so sometimes having those scheduled pop-in visits can be helpful. Another thing that I have found to be really helpful with parent-teacher conferences is to always send a follow-up email. And I think, again, no matter if it's positive or negative, this can be really helpful for a couple of reasons. It, one is just a really easy way to document the conference, but it's also a great way to just provide documentation of what the action steps are. If it's your responsibility for something or if the parent is responsible for something, having that written up in an email is just a great follow-up, you know? And so after the conference, just send a quick email, dear so-and-so, thank you so much for coming in today. I'm so glad that we were able to talk about blank and blank and blank. And at the end of the conference, we had agreed to blank and blank. You can expect to hear from me again, or so-and-so will reach out to you. Or when we meet again in three months, you can bring evidence from, or you can bring a follow-up from the doctor's visit, outside tutoring, counseling, whatever you sort of agreed to. And so having that follow-up email, I think, is also a great way to sort of leave and maintain the open lines of communication with that parent, you know, letting them know that we're going to meet again in three months. But in the meantime, if you've got questions, you know, reach out to me. And so I always loved sending a follow-up email kind of regardless of how it was, it's just a great way to provide documentation. And then my last tip honestly might be one of the most important things to remember, especially if you are having to have a tricky or difficult conversation, or if you have you know, a relationship with a parent that has maybe been a little bit icy or not the smoothest. I think it is so important for us to remember that you and the parent are on the same team and that you guys both want the same thing. And that is ultimately for your students to be successful. You know, parents 100% always want their children to be successful. And you as a teacher, you want all of your students to be successful. And I think it's important to realize and acknowledge that because our roles are different, we might approach the path to success differently. So how you envision the student reaching success is going to be different than how the parent envisions the student reaching success, but ultimately we want the same thing. And I think if you can keep that in mind, And realize that whatever questions, whatever concerns, whatever sort of arguments or counterpoints the parent might bring up, it's not that they're trying to be difficult. It's not that they're trying to work against you. It's that they are trying to help their child be successful. But this might be a new situation for them. They might not understand, kind of like how I said, they don't understand the educational system, how it works, or have as much experience. Or if this is the first time they're hearing something, they haven't had as much time to process it. And so I think understanding that you and your parents are trying to get the same thing, and that is for the students to be successful. And if you can keep that in mind, I think even if a conference doesn't go how you planned it or the first one was maybe not as successful, knowing that you guys are still working towards the same result, it can be helpful for future meetings. So keep that in mind. Anytime you're going into a conversation that you are maybe nervous about or you're worried about the concern that the parent is bringing up, just remind yourself that you guys are working towards the same goal. And I think that can be incredibly helpful. So like I said at the beginning of this episode, Parental support is so important and it is so necessary, especially if you have an academic or behavioral concern. And, you know, we need the support of our parents. You know, we need to be on the same team with them if we are going to make sure that our students are going to be successful. So hopefully the tips in this episode make you feel a little bit more confident in your ability to handle, you know, a challenging conference or the next time you have to deliver some tough news, or you're just worried about how a parent is going to receive a concern that you have, hopefully these tips are helpful. But I will also be hopeful and optimistic that none of you have any more challenging parent-teacher conferences this year and that everything just runs absolutely smoothly for you, your students, and your parents. But 
like I said, these tips are here for you to return to the next time you might have to navigate a tricky conversation with parents. So as always, you guys know I love connecting with you. And if you have any ideas or requests for future episodes, don't hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram at The Seller Teacher Company, or you can always email me as well. I love hearing from my listeners. It just totally makes my day to know that you have listened to the episode and found something to be helpful. So hopefully this episode was helpful for you, and I hope you have a stellar week, and I will see you back here next Monday. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at stellarteacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.